Hey there, and welcome to the Box Office Watch Podcast, where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why. This is the show recapping the weekend of September 4th to September 7th, 2020. My name is Paulo, and I'm your host. Hope everyone had a happy Labor Day, especially if you had a long weekend to enjoy it. Uh, I know this episode is pretty late in the week, but, you know, real life happened. Plus, I can say I was waiting for the latest and greatest in box office numbers to bring you, so there's that. Uh, in any case, before we start the show proper, best wishes to everyone in California who apparently got transported to Mars based on the pictures I've been seeing on social media. Hang in there, stay safe. Um, I think a wildfire burning our skies red because of a gender reveal gone wrong kind of encapsulates what 2020 has been been so far. And in that everything is fine mood, that kind of applied to the box office this weekend. Uh, Two big news items uh, to analyze, so let's hop in. Uh, The first big ticket item. Last week it premiered overseas. This week, uh, Christopher Nolan and Warner Brothers Tenet premiered here in the States to the tune of about $20 million across 2,810 theaters for a per theater average of about 7189 This, again, is without New York, LA, San Francisco, and various other major metropolitan markets uh, being open. Though apparently here in New York, Governor Cuomo has seen fit to approve indoor dining at indoor capacity, as well as gyms and casinos with no site, date in sight for when movie theaters will open reopen so go figure still can't see 10 myself um the big caveat with this 20 million is we don't know for sure how this breaks down between canada and the u.s Uh, canada has been open for about 11 days at the time of reporting and there were various sneak peeks in the states going back to august 31st but you know, taking this at just face value, if you account for you know the thirty to fifty million capa- thirty to fifty percent capacity, and with about sixty percent of movie theaters being open at this point, uh, per theater average would have been about you know maybe fifteen thousand to twenty four thousand, which is you know pretty good I think uh, for a blockbuster hit, maybe a little bit on the lower side, but still not bad. And in about forty percent more theaters, it would have been about a sixty five million to maybe one hundred twelve million opening weekend in normal times. Um, not the worst, uh, if there, even though there is a pretty big variance in that number. However, the fact that Warner is not breaking these out in more detail and tooting their horn over how well it's done, kind of suggests they're not totally happy with the result. Uh, you know, Simply winning the top spot this weekend isn't much of an accomplishment given the relative lack of competition. Analysts were predicting something in the $26 million range over the four days, so this is a bit of an underperformance. Some estimates I'm seeing say that it's really only $14 million US over eight days, and on Friday, apparently more people saw the new mutants than Tenet, though being an almost hour longer then the new mutants may have something to do with that. Part of this seems you know, to be the lo- relative lower uh, reception that the film has gotten. Uh, critics have it at the 74% and audience at 78% on Rotten Tomatoes, though New York and L- LA-based critics haven't reviewed it directly yet, so they got that with a grain of salt. Uh, in comparison, Dunkirk was at 92% for critics and 81% for audience, and while Interstellar was at 72% for critics, they had an 86% audience score. And Inception you know, was the best one with 87% critics and 91% audience. Audience. So, you know, cinema score, which is kind of like a, a you know, the the first people to go see it gave give it a score. Uh, Tenet got a B, which is definitely low, and one of Tenet, uh, Christopher Nolan's lower rated films. Uh, most of his others have something in the A range or maybe B plus. 
Um, part of this seems to be you know related to the audio mixing, which makes it hard to hear the dialogue, which unfortunately isn't new for Nolan films, but all the more you know important when the whole film's premise is that it's a mystery and you want to figure out what happens. Uh, unhinged, you know, the Road Rage movie has gone so far as to make social media advertising poking fun at this and saying that they should watch un- you should watch Unhinged because it's the film that won't confuse you. So, you know, what does this mean for the domestic box office and for the exhibition market? I'm not one for super hot takes on this podcast, but the numbers don't look great. Um, as noted before, Tenet will need insane legs to even to just get to 100 million, much less the 200 million they were likely hoping to make with this film in a theatrical release. Uh, if the 14 million for the US only is to be believed, um, that would need to be about the 14x multiplier to get to 200 million, and of course, you know, half that 7x to get to 100 million. Um, I mean, you know, if it's presumably the only movie between now and 2021, you know, it's definitely locked in for many theaters for at least three months. Um, it could be, especially as people get more and more open and, and willing to go see uh, theaters and movies in theaters, but I don't think that's the case right now. And it's just kind of, I think, highlighting that people honestly don't want to go to the movie theaters just yet. Um, and that kind of ironically makes the case to studios for the very thing that Christopher Nolan sounds to avoid, that, you know, movies, at least for the time being, should be primarily digital first releases. Or maybe people don't know it's out there. Maybe it's the marketing. I don't know. Either way, I wouldn't be surprised to see an announcement from Warner that Wonder Woman 1984 is getting pushed back to 2021 from its October release date, and then Dune, whose trailer just you know dropped yesterday, may hang on to its December maybe, but it could also be moved back to January or February since those are still eligible for awards. And this doesn't even get into the numbers breaking onto how this film can potentially break even on its relatively huge budget and you know Chris Nolan's high uh, percentage of grosses. At this point, you know, I'm just going to say they're trying to go for break even at best, but more likely they're looking at a loss, um, which, you know, I'm not even going to try to put a number on how much of a loss it's going to be. As always, though, I'm going to reserve judgment till I see what the drop looks like next week, uh, as limited as our data is. Um, one fun data point, though, apparently every single IMAX screen in the U.S. that was open was playing Tenet. Not sure if that's a first. Maybe Avengers Endgame had this as well, but it kind of makes sense for this sort of film. I know if and when theaters reopen in New York, I'm going to go see it on the Lincoln Center IMAX, uh, where I saw it, uh, Interstellar as well. Worldwide, IMAX made about $11.1 million this weekend, uh, which is a Labor Day weekend record. Now, the other big place that opened up this weekend was in China. Uh, it made about $30 million there this past weekend, which actually come in, came in number two behind the local war film we've been talking about the past couple of weeks, The 800. 800 made about $32 million US dollars in its third weekend. That now, Tenet's number does barely beat Dunkirk, which opened just shy of $30 million in China, and the day-per-day numbers look pretty similar to Dunkirk, which, you know, if people were hoping that this would outperform Dunkirk, um, it doesn't, you know, look very good. Though, I guess for Tenet's benefit, you know, China is still at 50% capacity. So, you know, compared to Dunkirk, which was when they had 100% capacity of the theaters, this actually may be a good sign for Tenet. Uh, we'll have to see. wait to see next week what drops look like for China in Tenet as well. Uh, this, again, is a bit of an underperformance for China for Tenet. Uh, it seems to be doing an 8.7 on the out of 10 on the Chinese rating website Maoyan. Uh, Dunkirk made an 8.1 and Interstellar made 9.3. And then Maoyan is presenting, predicting a $55 million lifetime number for Tenet in China. I think it was somewhere in the $67 million range at the start of the weekend, um, but it got deflated. Um, 
you know, on another platform, Doban, uh, which has a slightly different audience, a little bit more urban and young, uh, Tenet only got a 7.9 compared to Dunkirk's 9.4 and Interstellar's 9.3. Um, you know, this this underperformance was also shown by the fact that, you know, at the beginning of the weekend between Tenet and the 800, uh, Friday saw 42% of theater of people going to see Tenet and, um, you know, uh, 38 going to see the 800. But then, you know, by the end of the weekend on Sunday, it's had shifted to 33% for Tenet and 41% for 800. So kind of over time, people figure that, you know, Tenet wasn't as good. They'd rather see the 800. Uh, overall, though, you know, worldwide, Tenet has crossed the $100 million mark. In fact, it's crossed $120 million internationally by the end of the three-day weekend. And, you know, to date, it has made about $152 million worldwide, good to excellent drops in other markets it already opened in the previous weekend. Uh, this is primarily in Europe, where it cur- and currently, again, the total is at $152 million. Uh, especially in Europe, it legitimately is adding a multiplier to the total box office take. Uh, in Italy, while theaters were only at 25% of what it made this time last year, uh, the week prior, it had only been at 5%. So that's essentially a 5x multiplier on how many people are going to go to the movies. Uh, in Germany, the box office went from 6% of last year's numbers to 15%, a 2.5x multiplier. It was number one again in the UK and Ireland, with you know UK being the strongest market for Tenet thus far, with uh, outside of China with 13.6 million US and France in second place at 11.1 million. Though apparently the UK will be closing theaters for the time being uh, due to coronavirus concerns, and that may hurt its performance, you know, next week. So you know the other path to viability and. Profitability says break even for Tenet is you know having a long burn uh, with a focus on international markets that may have recovered from the virus already, but we'll just have to see if that pans out. Now, before we hop to the other big news today, uh, let's look at the rest of the domestic top five. Uh, in second place, we had New Mutants, 59% drop to 2.9 million over the three days in 2,754 theaters. Uh, you know, total thus far is 12.7 million. Uh, in Unhinged, uh, we had a 36% drop, which is better than last week, though still not great. Uh, 1.8 million in 2,402 theaters, total thus far 12 million. Uh, the personal history of David Copperfield saw a pretty excellent 24% drop, uh, $361,000 in 1550 theaters over the three days. That's $1.1 million total. Uh, SpongeBob in Canada has been a crazy run uh, with sub 20% drops across 304 locations. Uh, it's only it's down to $345,000 over the three-day weekend. Domestically, uh, which is basically all Canada at this point, uh, $3.7 million US dollars. Now, shifting over to the other big news of the weekend, Mulan premiered not in theaters, but on Disney Plus Premium Access. Uh, as a reminder, users who have Disney Plus and already paying the $7 a month would need to pay an additional $30 one-time fee to be able to access Mulan this weekend uh, and in perpetuity as long as they have a Disney Plus subscription. Uh, while we don't have exact numbers, it does seem it does well, uh, perhaps better than expected, which regard with regard to what Disney was hoping for for this release, uh, perhaps portends a future with similar direct streaming releases from Disney. I'll admit my perception of Mulan this past weekend on social media was somewhat whiplash. On one hand, I saw a lot of people who were involved in the Gold Open movement supporting the release from Mulan. Uh, Gold Open, for those who don't know, is a movement to help with Asian representation in media by buying out movie screenings opening weekend to send a message to Hollywood with our wallets that Asian leads in films are financially viable. Uh, they, they came into prominence around the Crazy Rich Asians a couple years ago and have continued with most uh, high-profile Asian films ever since, including Parasite. Um, 
you know, they had a number of op- events this weekend where people would live watch the movie together and they would have Q&A sessions with the stars and actors of the films. Um, aside from the opening gold open, though, I also saw a lot of my friends from college uh, watching Mulan on their Instagram stories, which as a late 20-something Asian kid of the 90s, a lot of my friends and I have nostalgia for the original animated film. Uh, not all the comments around the film were exactly glowing, uh, but the fact that people were buying the film and watching it is enough for Disney. On the flip side, though, on places like the Facebook group Subtle Asian Traits and the more hashtag woke Asian American social media, a lot of people were criticizing the live action remake for a number of reasons. Uh, many criticized the film's story and characterization, even if they acknowledged that the action was good, some of the historical representation wasn't, and especially the characterization. Um, you know, supposedly turning Mulan into a Mary Sue who could use chi without any real growth, like she was a warrior from the beginning and not, you know, someone who grew into it like in the original animated film took away from their enjoyment of the film. Uh, beyond that, that though, there's been a long-standing discontent with the film due to the lead actress's Liu Yifei's support for Hong Kong police uh, against the pro-democracy protesters, uh, leading to calls for a boycott of the film across the world. Uh, in addition, apparently in the credits of the film, Disney gives special thanks to a Chinese government ministry for helping them suit in the Xinjiang province, uh, which is you know the same government organization and same region, which is in where the Uyghur Muslim minority is being locked up in concentration camps in gross uh, human rights violations. Yikes. Definitely not a good look. Uh, beyond that, a lot of Asian Americans here in the States, particularly those of Chinese descent, took affront to when it came out that there are no Chinese subtitles for this film, which supposedly markets to the Asian American audience on the Disney Plus version, making it harder for them to share with their non-English speaking parents. However, despite these complaints, uh, it seems that nostalgia and perhaps desperate parents looking for something to pacify their kids came through for the mouse. Uh, According to Samba TV, looking at smart TVs, about 1.12 million households in the U.S. watched Mulan over the four-day weekend. At about $30 a pop, that's about a $33.5 million opening for Mulan, more than Tenet made in theaters here. Um, This doesn't include international uh, numbers. Uh, Real Good estimates even higher at 2 million households watching Mulan. Uh, They said that of all titles streamed this weekend, uh, Mulan made up 15% of all titles, while Hamilton made up just under 10%. Um, Whether or not because there was less streaming because of the Labor Day weekend or whatever remains to be seen, though Hamilton was also a holiday weekend for 4th of July, so I can't really say for sure. Sensor Tower, who looks at mobile app downloads, says that Disney Plus downloads jumped 68% week over week over this past weekend for the three days, which is an even better deal for Disney as they took, at the very, in addition to the $7 monthly fee, uh, in addition to the $30 one-time fee for Mulan. Uh, in comparison, Hamilton did do better with a 79% increase in Disney Plus downloads during the 4th of July weekend, though that doesn't offset the additional $30 that Mulan was probably netting. Uh, it looks like that mobile spending was about $12 million this weekend in Disney+, Plus, uh, which is you know a 193% spike versus last week. And while these aren't hard numbers, Disney+, Plus was the number one app on the Google Play Store and the Apple App Stores in many countries this week. Uh, research company Screen Engine ASI suggests that 70% of the viewing traffic for Mulan came from those between 13 to 34 of age, uh, which is above the norm, which is normally about 59% of the, for the same demographic. 
Overall, the word from Disney themselves, or at least their CFO specifically, is that they are very pleased with how the premiere went this weekend from a financial perspective, uh, without giving out any firm sales numbers, of course. Uh, the Rotten Tomato scores may be 75% critics and fi- a dismal 52% audience, but at the end of the day, for these studios, it's money that matters most. Uh, one last thing to note, apparently Premiere Access to Mulan only lasts until November 2nd. Uh, after that, it becomes free to watch on December 4th. So not only so what's going on in the month between, maybe it'll become available on uh, other streaming services. Or sorry, VOD services. Now, before we wrap up this week with thoughts on where the NDC goes from here, looking to Mulan's debut next week uh, in China, September 7th, September 11th, so tomorrow, I'm getting a bit mixed mixed signals. Uh, on one hand, price, pre-sale numbers seem strong. Mulan looks to have 45% share of tickets on opening day with about 3 million US dollars in pre-sales. And obviously, these don't account for walk-up tickets uh, on opening day. Uh, it, the estimated opening day number looks to be about $8 million. Uh, opening weekend total is somewhere in the maybe 45 million US dollar range. Uh, total box office for its entire run will likely be in the 70 to 90 million dollar range. Uh, this is pretty strong, especially when you consider that you know the, the piracy problem that happens in China uh, with the film being out already on you know, the various torrents and such. So given that this relatively strong you know, uh, numbers for, pre-rele- for pre-release, um, that looks pretty good, even if people already have the opportunity to see it. That said, on the other hand, because of the piracy, many in China have already seen and started rating the film. And word of mouth is really important in China. On Duban, it has a measly 4.9 out of 10. Uh, this may seem potentially like review bombing, but it seems it doesn't really connect with audience who aren't as much a fan of the American take on the classic Chinese tale. And there are more 2 and 3 star ratings than 1 star ratings, which suggests it's not really review bombing. Uh, in comparison, the original animated film is rated as a 7.8 on Duban. Um, also, apparently, there's another Mulan film coming to China on October 1st, which is an animated version this time. So not sure what to make of that. Just figure I'd throw that out there. Uh, and finally, uh, in because of the controversy related to the Uyghur situation uh, with Disney, uh, the Chinese government is banning media from covering the film, which I think will hurt its marketability to the general audience in China. So between Tenet's disappointing and muted domestic release and uh, domestic and China release, though you know still going strong in Europe, and Mulan overperforming on digital, it looks like it's going to be a bit longer before we can return to normalcy in theaters, if ever. I'm still hopeful, given I have yet to see a strong case that you know will move everything to stream. I, I'm still hopeful. I don't. I don't really see a case to be made for everything goes to streaming first, um, since you know. Uh, I doubt Disney will do more than at the very at most break even on the cost to make and market Mulan, um, as opposed to what would have been billion dollar revenue, uh, a gross revenue from the uh, from the uh, a domestic bo- uh, from a normal, traditional box uh, box office theatrical release. Um, but I think for the time being, um, you know that's not that's not in the works in the works. But if it ever does come back, I think that would be too much of an opportunity for the studios uh, to pass up if and when uh, consumers feel comfortable going back to the theaters. Uh, I'm not going to be so bold as to say Soul or Black Widow will definitely be coming out on Disney+, Plus, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did. And at the very least, I would be expecting that they get delayed a little bit further. Uh, on Warner's side, they've committed to Dune and Wonder Woman 1984 being on the big screen, though again, I would expect those to be later rather than sooner after the way Tenet performed. 
In any case, a couple of smaller headlines to wrap things up. Uh, apparently, Avatar is going to be released on September 18th in China. So we'll see how that affects uh, Mulan's release uh, or the second weekend of Mulan there. Uh, in South Korea, due to COVID outbreaks, the K-pop boy band BTS uh, has a movie that is going to be delayed. Uh, the next Doctor Strange film for Marvel uh, will be begin filming in November in the UK. However, in the meantime, Robert Pattinson, the new Batman, got coronavirus and paused production on that movie over there as well. Uh, an Oscars-related news, uh, they actually introduced several diversity requirements to be considered for Best Picture. So in sort, there are four categories, uh, on-screen representation, themes, and narratives. So being or starring, being about or starring a diverse lead or ensemble cast, about underrepresented groups, uh, creative leadership and project team, uh, i.e. having people behind the camera and you know on, on the crew uh, that, that are a diverse background, uh, industry access and opportunities, i.e. providing training for specifically diverse groups behind the tra- behind the camera, um, and then audience development, having a marketing team that is led by diverse groups. Uh, a film in order to be eligible for Best Picture needs to meet at least two of these four criteria. Uh, this should go a long way to helping the diversity issue in Hollywood, even if it doesn't necessarily mean we will see more on-screen diversity if you know they end up for Best Picture just satisfying the behind-the-scenes marketing and training or maybe behind-the-scenes marketing and uh, production crews. Uh, in a recent interview, head of Netflix Reed Hastings stated that Disney is their current biggest competitor, uh, owing to their 60, 0 to 60 million subscriber growth in less than a year, which makes sense. Uh, on a similar tangent, HBO Max apparently has a 20% off deal uh, for the next two weeks for 12 months, which I think so so trying to really get people in on that platform. And finally, in one investor report, Loop Capital reports that Cinemark is in active discussions with studios over a potential tiered window structure uh, with customization options. So what this means is that instead of the AMC Universal deal where everything has a 17-day flat window for Universal to be able to put things on VOD directly, uh, what this could look like is that you know, uh, you know, Cinemark and whatever other studio agrees that okay, this smaller film may be able to have like a you know 17 to 30-day window. This medium-sized film maybe a 45 to 60 day window and then the longer films had kind of has a traditional three month window um we'll see as any new developments unfold nothing's firm yet but you know this kind of you know the domino kind of got started with amc universal um i don't think again i don't expect everything to everyone to embrace them and their model entirely but i do see a you know a sorting of the theatrical window moving forward with that, this is the end of the Box Office Watch podcast. Until next week, when we see exactly how well Tenet holds here in the States and how well Mulan does in its Chinese debut. Uh, Shoot me feedback via email at boxofficewatchpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at BOWatchPodcast. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play as well. Uh, if you could leave a review on your podcast service of choice or on Podchaser, that would be super helpful. I'll include those links in the show notes. Numbers used in the show come from thenumbers.com. Our intro and outro music come from Kevin MacLeod. You can find his stuff at incompetech.filmmusic.io. Editing and production is provided by Ninja Boy Media. Until next time, this has been the Box Office Watch Podcast. And remember, our watch goes on. <laughs>